Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Connected Parenting. Today, we're going to talk about mealtime and mealtime battles and fights over food. Hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer Clary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. This is a big thing in a lot of people's homes. And, uh, and now that lots of families are sitting together and eating every night together, in a lot of homes, it's getting better. In a lot of homes, it's getting a lot worse. So I have concerns always about battling and emotional fighting and, and uh, upheaval and food. Those two things don't go very well together. Those are not good things to associate. It's also really important that kids don't have the sense that they have um, too much power over this, that if they eat really well, that's gonna really please their parents. And if they don't eat really well, it's not gonna please their parents. You wanna be really careful about that power um, and associating that with food. So um, let's talk about food. Let's get into to food battles and mealtime battles. All right, so, um, the first thing I want people to know is that there is a developmental piece to this. Like I'm pretty sure it is because I've been working with kids for 30 years and I've worked with lots of parents right through this uh, kind of picky eating phase. And some kids remain picky eaters for life, but a lot of them by the time they're eight, nine, 10, it really starts to get better. So prior to that age, they have a really, um, a really boring palate. They like pale foods. So things like rice and you know, French fries and bread and uh, chicken nuggets and just really, really boring things. They have, um, I think that a lot of kids, especially gladiators, I see this with like gladiator kids, the kind of kids that, that I talk about all the time and we specialize in that have really big feelings. I'm pretty sure they're all also super tasters. So they taste things in foods. They'll taste the sulfurs or they'll taste bitterness um, that the rest of us don't really taste. And that have, they have a sort of increased sensitivity to that when they're younger which makes mealtimes really fun. Um, so part of it is, don't worry, most likely they're going to expand and try different things and relax and enjoy different foods as they get older. And, and most of the time that's what actually happens. So it's really important not to have such enormous battles over food because you can really set up some really, unhealth, un, really unhealthy patterns around eating and behavior, eating and feelings, eating and fighting. Um, and eating in control. So we wanna really be careful of that. So the most important thing is to stay fairly neutral. Don't look extremely excited when your kids eat something and don't look really upset and worried when they don't eat something. When we have, when we, I always talk about this, when you parent from a place of fear, particularly around food, that's adding a whole emotional layer to this that is probably not best for your kids. So if you're putting the food in front of them and you're like, please eat this, you've got to eat this. Now, come on, you have, you've got to eat your rituals and you have that kind of energy. Your kids are like, hmm, there is a power imbalance here. I can do something with this. Or they're just starting to associate fear and, and that urgency and that desperation with food, which is not great. Um, so you want to be very neutral and you want to parent from a place of love and you want to teach your kids that food um, is really about loving yourself, loving your body, um, not filling a hole, um, not solving a problem. You're really just loving your body with food. And you want to talk about food in terms of energy. I know that it's energy stored uh, from the sun, like make it sound really interesting. 
um, and talk about how important it is to love your body and to um, to really nurture your body with that with food and energy. So that's a really good kind of um, uh, I guess tone to be setting around food. Um, you can so here's the other issue um, if kids don't eat something so. This is really tricky because it depends how much you care about this in your culture and in your family. But I still think it's important to not parent from a place of fear with this. But what I would do is I would set out the food that you have uh, to eat. Don't put a ton on the plate. Make sure there's like a, a small or reasonable amount on the plate. If there's a massive amount, they're gonna be like, ah, I can't eat all this and you're gonna have a food battle. If they eat a little bit and then they want more, then they can have more. Um, I love the idea of when they're doing something, when they're on the computer or they're watching TV, put some carrots in front of them, uh, put something in front of them that's kind of, um, that they can kind of munch on and not really think about. That's kind of a good way to get some of the better foods in them. If you put carrots right down in front of them at the meal, I'm not eating this, you'll have a battle. But if you're kind of casually just, hey, here you go, here's something, they may eat it. And when they do eat it, do not go, oh my God, you eat your carrots, fantastic. That's too much energy. Don't do that. Just kind of stay super neutral around it. Um, I think it's important to not to, um, make five different meals for your kids. So make one thing for one child and one thing for the other child. Um, we want to be building some tolerance. We want to be building some understanding that it's a community meal and that, that it's a lot of work to make a meal and that you're not gonna make 50,000 things. If your kids are older and they wanna make something after because they didn't really like what you had for dinner, I think that's fine. If they make it and they clean it up, I think that's okay. Um, you can you can mirror to them and talk about, you know, it's really frustrating when you look forward to dinner and then it's something you don't like, but the rest of us really like it. I totally get that. And, and so you can mirror that um, and don't look too upset about it and then actually have them make their own meal and clean it up. That's really important. Um, with little ones, I wouldn't worry so much. Like sometimes we get so panicked about they've got to eat, they've got to eat, they've got to eat. Kids will eat when they're hungry. And if you take away that ability for them to decide whether they're hungry or not, to tune into their body when their body is hungry, um, by telling them when they're hungry and telling them that they, they need to eat, um, you're going to kind of mess up their own sort of internal guidance system about what hunger feels like and what being hungry actually feels like. Sometimes they're thirsty, not hungry. Sometimes they're bored, not hungry. Um, the other thing that I think is really important is body talk. So a lot of kids will feel hunger but it will it will be experienced as aggression, as anger, as kind of nose talky like this, and really they're hungry. So you want to get them to tune in to their bodies, and this is where the three bite rule comes in. I think it's so important, especially for gladiators, that every hour and a half to two hours you present your child with a protein. So it can be something else as well. It's got to have a protein with it, and when they have. Um, that protein snack, it's actually going to help that moodiness and that kind of, uh, that they get, and call it nose talking when they're talking like this. And you'll say, honey, you're hungry. And they'll say, no, I'm not. Um, but you can start to make that connection that when you start to feel sad, when you start to feel tired, when you start to feel grumpy, you're hangry, you're hungry. Um, and they haven't pre you know, previously made that connection. So I think that's a really important thing to be doing with your kids. And don't make a big deal out of it. Just put it in front of them. Um, and, and call it the three bite rule because they'll literally have three bites and it's like a computer rebooting. All of a sudden it's like, whoop, 
they're back online and not in that moment. See, see, I told you we're hungry. Don't do that. Don't parent from, from fear that way. Later on, say, did you notice that? Like, wasn't that interesting? What are the ways that your body's talking to you when you're hungry? Well, sometimes you get a tummy ache, but sometimes you just feel sad or sometimes you just feel angry or sometimes every noise or everything that everybody says is bugging you. Get them to tune into that. Um, and remain very, very neutral about food. You can try in each meal to have, and it depends on how many kids you have, have something that each person is going to enjoy in that meal. And it's not the end of the world if it's, if it's something they don't like. They're not going to, um, nothing terrible is going to happen to them if they don't eat that night. It's okay in every house to have the kitchen close. I think that's really important. The kitchen closes at eight o'clock. What you don't want is 10 o'clock at night or 9.30. I'm hungry and you're going down, you're making grilled cheese or a tuna sandwich. Um, that's, that's not okay. You don't have to have an open kitchen. They're going to be okay and they'll start to figure out, oh yeah, if I eat when it's mealtime, I'm not gonna feel so yucky at night. You don't wanna be withdrawing food and saying, now you can't have food because you didn't eat your dinner. It's not, it's not like that. It's more like, oh, that's interesting. So now the evening is really, you're feeling really hungry now. Uh, maybe you should have had your snack earlier because the kitchen's closed at nine o'clock and always make sure that you're mirroring. Um, the key things here, oh, here's one other thing you can try. This is, this is really good for picky eaters. You can set a goal, like you're gonna try them to get them to eat carrots or you're, you're gonna try to, to get them to eat broccoli or something. They have them pick what the, the food is. And then it takes about 11 days to acquire a taste for something. So you can make it like a science experiment and you can, you can keep track of it and you can have some fun with it. You can make this one of the projects that you're using right now for uh, during uh, social isolation. Um, see how long it takes to acquire a taste for something. So pick your food, have a chart, and then for the first day, they just put it in their mouth. That's it. That's all they have to do. They put it, and you don't do, don't do this at meal time. You can do this at another time. Um, and then they hold it in their mouth and they count to 20 and then they get to spit it out in a napkin and throw it away. And the next day they can hold it for longer and the next day they can hold it for longer and then you, you can set this all up with them and then they can chew it and then they can spit it out then they can chew it again they can spit it out and you can sort of draw that out until they're swallowing it until they're eating a whole carrot or a whole piece of broccoli or whatever whatever it is chicken whatever they don't like eating and see if you can make it an experiment don't make it intense don't make it um awful don't make it something they have to do let this be something that's led by them and let them experiment uh, with what it feels like to have different tastes in their mouth and, and learn that something can taste really icky at first and then you can actually acquire taste for it and like it. And then after 11 days, if they still hate it, then they don't like it. And there's lots of things that people just don't like. There's, there's all kinds of food uh, preferences. Um, the biggest message here though is don't, don't get too upset about mealtimes. Don't get too desperate about whether they eat or not. Trust that your children have a whole internal system to help them figure out when they're hungry, when they're not hungry. Don't make the kitchen open 24 hours a day to accommodate um, you know, their picky tastes. And try this exercise to see if you can get them to like things. Hi, I'm Barrett Caleri from Connected Parenting. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. And don't forget to check us out on the web at connectedparenting.com and like us and follow us on Facebook.